Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> so, all right, let's get it out of the way. Call back to last episode. Yes, it was. Did you go back and listen to the song? I absolutely you... did. Okay, had you heard it? I have heard it before. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Just not enough to like figure out what it was. What, what in the time I couldn't tell what you were talking about. There were lots of Alabama songs I had actually heard that just kind of forgot that they were Alabama songs. Um, Mm-hmm. Dixieland Delight's a good one. Uh, Roll on 18 Wheeler's a good one. I didn't know that was Alabama. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think I know that because, like, I think Margot Price does a cover of it, of it or something like that. And anyway, her cover's oh, okay. way better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I was like, I don't know, man. It's hard to think that you haven't heard of that. But that song is a slapper. It is a slapper, man. There are some good, like, just guilty pleasure country music. I'm all about it. That's an era of country music that I don't, like, I wouldn't have qualms yeah. if people listen to that. Because, I, I mean, that's like, yeah, I, I think that's an era of country music that you should not be ashamed to listen mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Um, yeah, stuff like what, that. And, uh, man, Copperhead Road. Whenever Copperhead Road comes on, I will get turned. <laughs> I will turn it up. I do still want to go back to that song and really point out that it's by the band Alabama. <laughs> and it says, if you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for a Louisiana man. And I, I, th- I where are you even like, where are you guys even from? At this so point? confusing. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're just making shit up at that point. But <laughs> most definitely. Uh, Anyways, uh, welcome back to the cast. Um, 86, what is it, 86? 86, yeah, yeah. Dude, I realize we don't have that many left. Yeah, yeah, I am very much looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I am very much looking forward to the end of this fucking thing. So, um, no, I had to say that because actually I told my cousin, my cousin Aaron um, is into podcasts and I he found out that I had one and I he's been listening to a few episodes Thank you, Aaron. Um, and he was just like, yeah, it's pretty funny, but I have to tell you, the funniest part is that you guys are, won't stop talking about how excited you are to end the podcast. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I have yet to hear a podcast where they're talking about just ending it. Like, well, <laughs> got put on the map for something. <laughs> yeah, well, and honestly, like, I'm that, I, but see, like, now I'm getting excited because it's like, dude, we're only going to do this like 15 more times. Yeah. <laughs> like and it's and it's weird it kind of like reinvigorated it and when we do that last episode dude we're going it's we're going to have to be together in yeah. the same room mm-hmm. getting shit faced absolutely just Wouldn't a nostalgic yeah nostalgic trip of an episode and it's like i i may cry i'm definitely going to cry i'm planning it right now <laughs> cuz it's just going to be weird because it's just cuz i just i feel like it has to end we cannot do this for another 100 fucking episodes no. it would defeat the purpose of why we started <laughs> right it. and that's going to be so weird um so i'm i'm like excited but like nervous and like tripped out mm-hmm. all at the same time i don't know it's it's a heavy thing but yes yeah. no i'm 
I don't know. Like, even today, I mean, we were just like, you want to do podcasts? Yeah, sure. Well, what the fuck are we going to do? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to miss that part. Right. Yeah, we decided what to do. And by that, I mean, Eli decided the topic about 40 minutes ago, you think? Like, And we've had all day to prepare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not even going to be good. I just didn't even know that we were going to do one. Otherwise, I would have, like... Because I your your schedule has had some shifts, so I yeah, didn't expect weird to, to, <laughs> I didn't expect to do one today. Otherwise, I would have put more effort. But that's fair. This one's this one's gonna probably be like a B tier episode. This is gonna be a pretty pretty mediocre episode, as as most are. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Hey, this one's free, guys. You don't have to pay for this one. You, you, exactly. <laughs> if you don't you like don't, it, just turn it off. Just turn it off. Or or play it and just roast us. Could there be a podcast where someone roasts and corrects us on like every mistake we made? Like a separate podcast that runs concurrently where they just like listen to and then pick apart everything that we say. <laughs> yeah, they would have a lot of content. Yeah. I, I was gonna say the the content endless. Yes, <laughs> and our stupidity. Yeah, uh, the, the the podcast would be called Fact Checking Two que- Two Friends Three Questions. Two two friends, uh, infinite sign, wrong statements. Just exactly. <laughs> so I was at work the other day, and we were doing this sensitivity training thing, and they were they were showing all these images of different people and getting your gut reaction on them. Well, they showed this um, picture of an older black woman who kind of kind of had like a Maya Maya Angelou vibe, mm-hmm. and I turned to everybody in the meeting. Because it was on Zoom, you know, when we were muted, I turned to everybody and I was like, if this is Tony, Tony Morrison, everybody owes me $20. <laughs> it was not Tony Morrison. It was, and I unfortunately don't even remember who the fuck it was. <laughs> but I was like, holy shit, is this Tony Morrison? Um, and then, but then later on, they showed a picture of this guy and I was like, is that the BTK killer? <laughs> and then sure enough, it was. And I was like... everyone give me 20 fucking dollars right now and then i was like all dope i didn't know this person who was a member a member of fucking like i don't know african politics and i was like is that the btk cooler (laughs) i was like god i'm pissed shit i also like that you were just like cracking jokes during your sensitivity training or whatever (laughs) oh everybody wanted to sit there and complain and i'm in there like making yeah i'm making i'm trying to make jokes like god you guys are all fucking miserable like yeah right yeah we had to do that at our work too it was uh it it was basically like a twofold like one kind of a sexual harassment training and then one was about like kind of like racial diversity training and it was it it was kind of a joke too we were kind of roasting it too um when you got to the end it was like click here to print off your certificate and the certificate had your name on it and then it said like is now trained in racial diversity and obviously i printed it off and hung it up in my wall like (laughs) (laughs) yeah obviously put that on the i'm gonna print two copies i'm gonna give one to my mommy yeah exactly (laughs) put it on our fridge at home yeah. <laughs> no, it's I mean it's just like I I didn't want to be there either, but it's like why sit here and be miserable? Like right. come on, let's make some jokes. Yeah. Uh none nobody found my jokes funny. So. <laughs> 
uh, missed opportunity there. Yeah. Um, all right, Mitch. Well, let's quit the squawking. Let's get to gawking. All what right. you drinking? Oh, I like I it. I made that up off the top <laughs> okay. of my That was really good. Charlotte was impressed. She walked by and had a look on her face. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Um, okay. I um, I don't have anything exciting because this is at the very last minute. Um, and I'm not in a beer mood. So I, was, uh, I actually just had lunch, too. So I was drinking like a Coke. Diet Coke. So I was like, well, um, I've already got this Coke opened up. Might as well put some bourbon in it. So I am Hold going up. to. <laughs> if that continue. is a Billy Idol endorsed <laughs> bourbon. I don't know if it's a Billy Idol endorsed bourbon, but it is called Rebel Yell. So they just straight up jacked his song and did okay. not. His name is nowhere on the bottle, which leads me to believe that this company was just like, yeah, hey, let's make money off of Billy Idol. And hopefully he doesn't find out. <laughs> yeah, they're they're playing loose and fast with copyright. Ooh, yeah. nice. Oh, that's a good sound right there. Alrighty. Uh, this is a but classic that's why I said that. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Um, $17 a bottle. So that's uh, where we're at. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I know, I know. Not to, not to brag. I drink fucking Old Crow, which is like... <laughs> two dollars a bottle they give it away when you're at the liquor store yeah exactly um well give give us give us some notes uh, well first off take a swig take a swig of it straight i want to hear should, your i should do that because right now all i'm getting is coke <laughs> <laughs> yeah made it taste like coke <laughs> uh it is very Meh. It is, uh, <laughs> mm. it's not the best, but it's also not the worst. That's pretty much how I would equate Billy Idol's career, <laughs> actually, too. Yeah, what would actually, have been really yeah. funny is if you took a swig and you were like, oh, it's pretty good there, bro. He's <laughs> went like Billy Idol mode. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, right. he is uh, British. Opportunity. I is he? I had no idea. But I, I assumed think he's by that joke that I read the context clues and assumed as such. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could be totally wrong. I was like, man, this guy knows fucking nothing about Billy Idol. Um, when, when I, I kept thinking inform- you were saying Billy Eilish the whole time. <laughs> I'm trying not to. <laughs> I know, right? And I don't even, I barely remember what he looks like because I'm just picturing Billy Eilish. Um, another reason to love her she's just fucking ruining billy idol he's going to the bottom of the google search page exactly yeah right Um, the the far inferior billy what was the right behind joel and uh joe armstrong (laughs) oh god there is like a billy hierarchy there is isn't there um What was the whiskey that we drank when I was in town that I really liked when I was in Fort Wayne? Um, that might have been the Four Roses. I think it was Four Roses. There was one that was like really good. I was like, this is like surprisingly fucking good. Like yeah. I could have drank it out of the bottle. Easily. I think I'm pretty sure it was Four Roses because the only other whiskey I had around was like that PPR whiskey, which you didn't like for some reason. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but no, Call I'm a big a fan of Four Roses. <laughs> I think it was Four Roses. I need to I need to pick that up because that was that was one of the smoother whiskeys I've had in a while, and I I liked it. I mean, I'm sure whiskey snobs, I'm sure it's terrible, but I liked it quite a bit. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, and it's it's probably not the the best whiskey you can get. It's it's actually not that expensive, which is kind of one of the reasons it's my go to. It's a few dollars more than 
Rebel Yell, um, but right. uh, way better. Um, the first time I had Four Roses was at the uh, Forecastle Festival in Louisville. Um, they had these Four Roses whiskey smoothies that they basically just mm. mixed with whiskey with like shaved ice and put something sweet in there. It was amazing. Dope, yeah. I would totally <laughs> try that. Uh, yeah. So, anywho, that's enough about my shitty whiskey. What have you got? All right. Well, I had the old lady do me a solid, pick me up a little something. And once again, we're going with the only brand sponsor I ever want to have, and that is a Rheingeist beer. Yeah. Please, Rheingeist, if anybody has a hookup, let Rheingeist know that I will go back and re-record every beer I've ever drank, and I will make it <laughs> Rheingeist. <laughs> and we will not quit the podcast. I promise you this. If Rheingeist sponsors us, we will keep going long and strong, so make uh, it happen. A thousand percent. <laughs> a thousand percent. We will do I, this till we die. I kind of spoke for you there, but I was. I figured you'd Think the same. I'm totally on board. Totally <laughs> awesome. on board. Uh, she picked me up the Zango. Oh, okay. That sounds kind of good. I've not had that. Which is an ale with apple, mango, and tangerine. That so sounds amazing. Let's read their little blurb here. Mango magic. Apple, mango, and tangerine merge. Zango! A delightfully refreshing concoction. I'm reading this verbatim. Uh, appears from behind the curtain. Enchantingly crisp, alluring tart, and sparkling with notes of citrus and tropical fruit. Zango dazzles palates with liquid legermane. I don't know what legermane means. No idea. No idea. I try to when I read. I did this chart the other day. When I read, I try to read like as like as fast as I possibly can without messing up words. <laughs> okay. And then I get a word like ledger main, and have no idea what that means. So hmm. Hmm. I think they just went for the alliteration. Well, I do have my Ryan guys. I think so. <laughs> I got my Ryan's as nice and my Ryan Ryan guys glass to really round it out. But let's uh, let's Good give call. it a taste here. Holy shit, that tastes good. Is it good? You know what that tastes like? That tastes like dull, the dull pineapple orange juice thing. That is like almost exactly what it tastes like. Wow. I am going to have to go out and find that because that sounds amazing. If if you see this anywhere, pick it up because in its first off, not super acidic-y, which some of these tend to be. And even Ryan Guys has some that are a little bit too acidic. Not Mm -hmm. super acidic-y. Um really has the the uh i think what's getting me is the tangerine Mm -hmm. is a really good sweetness but it's definitely not making it too uh too acidic and i've also recently found out that i really like mango if anything has mango in it i'm really into it oh i fuck with mango hard yeah yeah i (laughs) (laughs) I fuck with mango dude fucks with mango dude. i was gonna make a zango unchained joke but there's not any good ones (laughs) Obviously, uh, there, there probably are. We should probably avoid them. <laughs> right. The H is silent, hillbilly. <laughs> it's pronounced Dezango. <laughs> Dezango. That's the porn parody. Dezango. Dezango chained. That is the. Oh yes. <laughs> All righty. Anyways, Mitch. Uh, turn of events. I have written a lightning round. Would you like to do it? Yes, let's do a lightning round. (laughs) 
quit your bitching. Let's get enriching. Here's the lightning round. Mitch, first question. <laughs> I'm just going to do this the whole episode. Golden. I love it. Uh, what are some of your favorite movie quotes? I may have done an iteration on this, but fuck it. Who cares? We only oh, got like man. 15 of these left. Yeah. Mitch, what's your favorite? What are, what are some of your favorite movie quotes? Man, that's a good one. I I, I can't even pick a movie right now. There's, uh... <laughs> There's so many of them. It's just like, they're all good. They're all good. <laughs> um... I love every movie. <laughs> I, I could hit you with some real quick. Yeah, go for it. Um recently i got drunk uh shocker there mm-hmm. and uh 3 a.m and just like went on a snacking binge and i happened to come across my favorite movie and i have decided it is my favorite movie of all time brick okay. um early rain johnson film early joseph gordon levett film uh and they kind of made up their own weird detail it I, I know I've talked about it on the podcast. Mm. It just detective movie set in high school, so they kind of invented their own little goofy slang that they'll use. And there's just so many good ones. Like uh, he he's talking to someone on the phone, and he says, uh, "I got knives in my eyes. Uh, I, I've got knives knives in my eyes. I'm I'm going home sick." Okay. And I love that. And now anytime I'm sick, I'm like, "I got knives in my eyes." <laughs> okay. um, then there's another one where he says like heal it now dig and i i like to say that when when like i'm just fucking with people in like an argument i'm like heal it now dig like you you lost go home mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um it's just very quotable yeah um i think from there I think mine are actually more comedy based. I thought I'd have serious ones, but I don't because yeah. then most of them come from like Dewey Cox. Like, right? Yeah, I quote Dewey Cox all the time. Like, <laughs> I've been half. <laughs> That's great. The wrong kid died. <laughs> I was I trying love. to think of a kind of a serious one too because uh, I think most of mine are comedy. I, the only the movies I quote all the time are "I Love You, Man." Um, basically, yeah. anybody talks about. Um, Referring to a bass guitar, I just immediately spout slapping the bass, slapping the bass man, <laughs> slapping the bass man. Uh, I quote that way too often. Um, <laughs> it is one of Paul Rudd's finest moments. So. It absolutely is. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I. I know there's serious ones there, but mine are like more like scenes. That's my issue. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars is when um <laughs> and you've not seen the new one so i'm just gonna pretend i'm gonna pretend yep. like you have to spare yeah. everyone yeah sounds good please do <laughs> <laughs> uh kylo ren catches up with finn and ray and um he's got his mask off and he's all wounded and then you know you you see a close-up of finn and you just hear kylo ren like do the just a gutteral like traitor um yeah, so good and Finn's piss and turns around it's, it's super good it's a great yeah. scene but like a movie quote of just I guess if I could do that Adam Driver yelling traitor is <laughs> fucking amazing yeah yeah <laughs> I'm gonna interject real quick because there is an SNL skit of Adam Driver that is I one of the best they've done in years which one is that I think I've seen his SNL episode it's uh he's well I think he's on a few now but it's it's the yellow night green night Okay, the yellow or yellow green night. So basically, it's set up as one of those medieval dinner productions. Okay, okay. 
Okay, so Adam Driver is one of the knights. So they're going through and they're introducing the knight, like, uh, the Red Knight. And he's like, oh, I fight for king and country. And then they get to to Adam Driver and it's like, ah, the Yellow Green Knight, uh, who for some reason decided to bring his own costume from home. And it's Adam Driver. (laughs) And he's like... They pillaged my land. And he's like actually crying. <laughs> That's awesome. Like he just is acting. He's like, well, this fat king. <laughs> like, And it's like, Daniel, I know that you were taking acting classes. Now is not the time. <laughs> and it's so, and that's like the whole bit. It's I just will him. have to check that out. That sounds it, amazing. It, I, I fucking cry. Like yeah. it is because Adam Driver is such a phenomenal fucking actor. He is, man. And and I and I love him. And like going back, I rewatched the new Star Wars trilogy. And yeah, there's a lot of things that probably aren't that great about it. But fucking, he is a highlight. I love yeah. Ky- I I love him as Kylo Ren. Uh, he 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 does amazing. Um, yeah, he does. Uh, he also does like really good at comedy, which is kind of hard to do if that's not your bag. But he's really good at it all. Yeah, he well, he has that fucking movie, and I need to watch it. Where I just, I just know the meme of him like, oh, I just had sex, and now I have nachos. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you I seen don't. That clip? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> He's done a lot of indie movies, man. Like, I don't know. I love Adam Driver. Anyways, he, one of my favorite movies he's in. Sorry, no, I don't want to go the no, that's okay. too long. Go but I don't know if you've seen Logan Lucky. It is no. not. It wasn't very popular. People didn't really watch it. But honestly, it was really good. Um, it had Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, Daniel Craig in it. Um, just a bunch of big cast for a movie yeah. that didn't do too well. Um, yeah, that kind of flopped. Uh, uh, exactly. Yeah. And I love it because it's a heist movie. But it's about a bunch of like rednecks uh. who try to steal money from like the talladega or whatever like they try to break into the big like the big, racetrack? Like, racetrack yes they they break into the big racetrack what? the day of the biggest race and like are just taking money from them and it's so it's a highest movie adam driver plays an amazing character with only with with one arm it's so good <laughs> wow i i actually really have to watch it I'm, you have to watch it <laughs> i'm intrigued by all that it's got it's got nascar it's got adam driver <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> who it's plays a red Neck with one arm. What's not to love? Yeah, who? Why would you not love that? No, that's that's super interesting. Well, do you have any other movie quotes? Because I'm no, not really, man. All right, that, that one didn't work out how I thought it would. Okay, I, so, I should have had more, man. I can't think of any just off the top of my head. They're gonna all come to us like yeah. halfway through the episode. Exactly. Um, so I have Skyrim on PC. So I've been I've been playing Skyrim on PC for the first time. But it made me think. One of my favorite mods in the world exist because of Skyrim. My question to you is, Mitch, if you were to to have the knowledge to make a game mod, what would the mod be? I'll give so you an example. Explain like what a mod is. <laughs> okay, so there is a my favorite Skyrim mod is a mod where all the dragons will actually be reskinned as <laughs> as macho man randy savage <gasps> that's amazing so he'll <laughs> a dragon will fly in and it will be <laughs> a very crude like they just tried to they took an image of macho man randy savage and just sort of stretched it to fit over a dragon so it's yeah, okay. terrifying 
and a dragon will come in and instead of it like it will breathe fire but instead of it being like a dragon noise of it breathing fire it will just be like oh yeah <laughs> and then like it will it will like fly over you like like you'll be walking through skyrim and whereas normally you'll hear a, a distant dragon screech and you're like oh shit there's a dragon about with mm-hmm. the mod on you'll you'll hear very faintly like step into a slam jam <laughs> and shit like that that's it, sick it is fucking hilarious oh and my second favorite mod is there's a mod where the mud crabs will be uh gordon ramsay <laughs> oh shit <laughs> so it's just you'll you'll just be running and come across a mud crab and it'll be like you fucking wanka like <laughs> it's amazing so those are awesome. some of my favorite mods just absolutely insanity so i guess my okay. question is if you had that ability i mean you could pick a game of your yeah. choosing or or it could apply to many games but yeah what what do you think your mod would be what would you want i think i have one already um so oh. my my favorite game um we talked about countless times tony hawk pro skater um Correct. i would want there to be a mod where you can skip I don't know if this is a mod or like some sort of hidden level, but anyway, we'll work out the details later. Um, You you're going to be able to skate around the White House, and you're playing as the QAnon shaman. (laughs) (laughs) That's a he's just like skating around a little Viking hat, (laughs) and just skating around the White House, just like ripping ripping and tearing through the Oval Office. Man, that would be a blast. Okay, I, you you kind of took what I gave you and took it a step further. Hey, t- uh, uh, never stop. Li- listen up. Oh, well, I think it's only Activision now. Activision, Probably. listen. Uh, new Tony Hawk level, White House level, uh, and uh, secret skater, the QAnon shop. <laughs> Dude, yes, that would be. I would love that. That's pretty good. Well, and but theoretically, you could just mod and and make the QAnon shaman a, a skater. You, you absolutely could. So. That's that's funny. That's that that's a good one. Uh, Mitch, next question. Uh, you picking up? Uh, you picking up? Uh, MLB twenty one when it comes out? I next probably MLB will. Game? I think so. Um, I haven't fully decided yet because uh, I'm I'm still kind of a little bit of a novice when it comes to gaming. That spending that much money on a brand new game that I already have a kind of similar version of, like, kind of weirds me out a little bit. So okay. I don't know if I'll get it right away. I'll probably just keep enjoying 2020. I don't I haven't decided yet. Okay. You? No. Uh yeah, I mean I'm just asking. I I would really like to to pick up um I think I'm going to pick up the show 21. I mm-hmm. think I'll, I mean I'm not going to pick it up like the day it comes out. Yeah. But once it's out and I hit a payday, like I'm probably going to pick it up. The reason mm-hmm. being is because my biggest question is me and my buddy Aaron and there's a there's a fucking theory or a thing I forget I think I call it anyways dollars to hours spent for your entertainment mm-hmm. so you know I guess my question is MLB the show 20 since you have had it you spent $60 on the game correct yeah mm-hmm. there was no deal no discount right okay. have you played it for more than 60 hours Yes, I played the shit out of it. <laughs> right, so you've gotten your money investment and, and then some. Yeah, that's so, a good point. And, and I have too. So I, 
so the 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 reason I really want to pick up MLB 21 is because they've they they th- this year they are going to be putting in a lot of changes. I've been keeping up with them. Oh, I'm yeah? pretty excited. Yeah, they're doing a lot of stuff with fielding, a lot of stuff like there's actually a meter now for you to like rob a home run. So oh. it's like a it's like these arrows on the wall, and if you, and it, once it gets to the top, if you time it right, like that's when you jump and you can rob a home run mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they're doing a lot of stuff with animations. They're doing a lot of changes to the franchise mode. They're doing a lot of changes to Road to the Show. Um, nothing necessarily groundbreaking, but just improving it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but MLB the Show twenty when we picked it up and started playing it. Um, it was my, it, I had to learn a lot about fucking baseball Yeah, and I didn't know what I was doing. And I restarted franchise mode so many times because I couldn't quite figure out how much or how little I wanted to manage. And then it's like, there's 162 fucking games. Like, I, am I going to play them all? Am I going to make the inning, the innings less? Like, what mm-hmm. do I do? I had no idea. So I did, I barely touched franchise mode mm-hmm. this year with the new game. I'm going to be hitting Diamond Dynasty hard from the yeah. get. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be hitting franchise mode and row to the show. So that game, when it comes out, I, it, it's going to be probably the only game I play for a while. Yeah. Um, so I will probably pick it up when it is $60. I will probably not wait for a price drop or pick it up pre-owned. Like I said, I don't know if I'll buy it the day it comes out, but I'll I'll be picking it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I probably will eventually too. Um, just because, yes, you are right. It was one of my favorite games. Um, I got really into the Diamond Dynasty. Um, you know, we were talking about um, how you can do the moments and like my my Dynasty team is stacked. Um, yeah, which I, is like I've been working hard for that. <laughs> well, my my follow up question is: Have you played online at all? Have you done the competitive? seasons online at all not the competitive well not the seasons um i've played like four games online just kind of like the i i can't i don't know i don't remember what they call it just like the regular season games um yeah. and i'm still it, pretty bad at it oh okay well because it starts you out in like spring training and mm-hmm. then as you get so many wins then you move up to regular season and then if you just kind of like as your rating goes up you move into the upper echelons of mm-hmm. the competitive scene um like me I, i've been actually doing better uh on the competitive side but i i've had a lot of network issues so i was literally about to mercy rule a guy and then it disconnected and i got a loss oh no that sucks so i kind of was like you know what i'm still kind of new to the show i haven't really known what i've been doing online this entire time Mm -hmm. i think i'm going to let diamond dynasty go for the moment and i'm going to pick up the new game and i'm going to start fresh Mm -hmm. and learn as i go with everybody else because i'm pretty sure you can roll over your team from the previous version you can't and Diamond Dynasty? Yeah, you can't do that. No, that you're gonna have sucks. to start fresh, buddy. Damn it! It's grindy. I think that must be um, that must be the uh, road to the show. I'm thinking of that. You can do, yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck! I'm in the majors in mine. Me too. I'm in like I've played a full season. I'm on my second season. I don't think I've made it through my first season in the in the majors yet. But I'm like I'm 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 not doing a whole lot. But I've. I also have like gotten better. Okay, we're gonna wrap this up, but okay. <laughs> I, I, I forgot we were doing the podcast. Now we're just yeah. talking about baseball. Um, I got good at the zone hitting with like the PCI and doing that, like mm-hmm. how most 
competitive people play i actually started getting really good at that and i do recommend it it takes a long time but dude i'm i'm i can get fucking hits now Mm -hmm. um pitching i've never had a problem with i've i've always pitched kind of in a difficult way but i feel like i have a lot of control but um yeah i i kind of want to go back to road the show because yeah you should be able to yeah continue road to the show that would be awesome just like to continue it and go forward i forgot about that yeah yeah Yeah. okay (laughs) shit so yeah well in short yeah i'll be picking it up um i definitely understand you not wanting to run out and pick it up right away you you should when you can right i guess because i would be excited to move on to the next game because i feel like it i feel like the show 20 was just my first four away into a baseball game in so long and Mm -hmm. i have had no idea what the fuck i'm doing the entire time and just now i'm starting to figure it out and i'm like well fuck i'm just i'm so behind everybody online is insane i'm excited for the new game to kind of hop in while people are still learning that and Mm -hmm. you know then it's like i could be a part of it that's also part of the fun yeah yeah um okay anyways that was the lightning round all right (laughs) it took a minute so sorry about that i have a topic for us Mm -hmm. i have the what you thinking so do you have a tiktok i do have a tiktok okay are you aware of the tiktok time travelers which is my four favorite words to say together <laughs> tiktok time travelers that's a tiktok that's a time poster. travelers um no i have not heard of these people what is going on <laughs> <laughs> tell me now um so there's been a few accounts like this but here recently there's been a fairly major account that this person their tiktok account basically they say that they woke up in a hospital in barcelona um and it's the year 2027 and they're filming as they walk around the city of barcelona and it's completely empty Hmm. i mean they're walking around downtown in the middle of the day they're going into restaurants and shops and there's just no one there this is why i'm really bad with conspiracy theories because we you have told me one sentence and i am already a full-on believer i'm like oh my god yeah absolutely yeah barcelona's no, totally, gonna get fucked. Totally true. i've not seen the video just hearing you describe it absolutely that's fact in my mind um i mean but i mean these are as yeah like that i mean that is kind of what's going on in his videos or or what have you um but yeah i mean he's going into these major shops and um these restaurants and downtown and all this stuff and yeah there's there's nobody fucking there so basically the account is saying that they're in the year 2027 and they're trying to figure out what happened and they're you know communicating with us in 2021 and kind of going through that so i did try to research this a little bit and i came up pretty empty okay I couldn't really find any like reputable articles where they were actually talking about the TikTok account. Um, I really didn't find any YouTube videos of people that just enjoy the account Mm -hmm. or or anything. Um, In a weird way, that kind of lent a little bit of credence to it to me. Because I'm like, well, that is odd. I Nobody's really talking about this. Are they just writing it off completely? So I guess I wanted to bring this up to you and i have a little bit of knowledge of other tiktok accounts like this and i guess i just kind of wanted to ask like you know what are your what are your initial thoughts because i guess like i would pose the question of how do they record the tiktoks 
because they are walking down like nothing's dilapidated but no one's there mm-hmm. and i don't particularly feel like that's very easy to do right um Man, I really want to see this so I can kind of give more context into what is happening. But first off, I was obviously kidding. I don't think that this is real. Um, I think uh, it no, could don't very well now, be buddy. a ploy. <laughs> um, I think it could be a ploy to get views, and it's kind of a funny story. Um, because so that kind of yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, well, I was just going to say, that kind of leads me into my next question. So these kind of accounts and things like that are a thing. So I remember we did our episode on number stations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we clearly like to dwell into a conspiracy or two. We love D.B. Yeah, Cooper. Love also, there's it. a documentary coming out on HBO Max about D.B. Cooper, by the way. Well, I it dep- uh, you'll have to watch it first and tell me if they... Uh, come to the same conclusion that we did because if they didn't then i don't believe it because they're hiding something <laughs> then we then know the answer <laughs> we I, I really do think we figured out db cooper personally. i think we did <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i guess like my question is like there there is another tiktok account that i watched well i didn't watch the account but i watched the a video about surmising it so basically mm-hmm. here's how this t- tiktok account worked the first TikTok and the last TikTok are the same. And what you have is this giant circle in between of all these mysterious TikToks that the first TikTok relates to the second TikTok. So the first TikTok starts out with this guy in a bathroom, like looking completely deranged, playing with the California Raisins action figures. Okay. Right. Okay subsequently every tiktok is kind of like that but then what it appears to be is that the person in the tiktok is like going crazy and you see them over time like there's tiktoks applying that he like eats his friends and family and then he's Hmm. like out like basically losing his mind well then there's this like giant plot twist at the end where he opens the door to his bathroom and it's him Deranged playing with the California Raisin action figures, and it's the first TikTok that was ever on the account. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So I guess like that, the, this time traveler TikTok account, and there and there have been multiple, and and that TikTok account, I guess it's like first off, I find it really creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it super creative, but then I kind of like I have to beg the question, like what. Like, what is it, there? There's like a fascination with it. Like, what makes us so involved in this mystery element? Like, these I don't really consider conspiracy theories. I think it's just like really good storytelling. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's kind of my, my question to you or what your thoughts may be on. First off, I don't know how people come up with the shit. Yeah. And I, it, it just blows me away though, because it's like, it's such a creative use of a media. Or a medium that is not intended to do that. Like right. TikTok yeah, that, is not that designed. That was what I thought. When you first told me about that, I was like, well, that is much different than what I've typically seen on TikTok, which is mostly just minute long, really dumb skits or 
people fighting like world star or comedians like that's what I use TikTok for um, and rarely so I think to see someone doing a, using TikTok as a platform to tell you know minute long stories and then they have basically different episodes I think is a really cool thing yeah yeah I, I yeah and I'm in total agreement I think it's really creative it's it's sort of taking a limitation in storytelling and, and figuring out how to tell a story that way mm-hmm. yeah. um I I mean I've talked about it like I'm really into like fictional documentary podcasts so I love podcasts like the black tapes Tannis stuff like that and it's these um kind of equivalent to a radio show at times where they'll add in sound effects and you know they create this big giant you know 50 episode arc of a fictional story but they're trying to they're not trying to pass it off as real but they're making Mm -hmm. it sound real um and that's that's interesting it's also hard there's no visual so how do you tell a story without any visuals Mm mm-hmm you know, the, so I think it's taking a, a limitation and in, in, in something and, and then making, you know, something creative out of that. And I'm really into that. Now, another follow up question. I want to move it a little bit further. Of all the mysteries that exist in the world, what what is one? And I think we may have talked about this before, but like, what is one that you would really like if Mitch tomorrow, like when this podcast ends and you're like, ah, I still got to make a podcast. <laughs> and you pick something to solve. What would you spend your free time researching and investigating to the best of your ability? What would the, what mystery would you try to solve? Uh, aliens, for sure. That's oh. always been my biggest question. That's a lofty goal, but okay. Let's talk about that. You said something interesting, which is that's your biggest question. So I kind of want you to talk about that, <laughs> though, first. So that's your biggest question. Yeah, um, mostly just because I'm really like obsessed with uh, the idea of outer space, and I've heard so many like folklore stories about like alien encounters, and even the government trying to hide alien stuff. And I, I, I and I admit some a lot of it is probably is just like dumb conspiracy theory stories but i think there has to be a truth to it like mostly just because on a molecular level if there are organisms on the earth why can't there be organisms on other planets um so i honestly i don't think there's i i absolutely do think they exist but i what i'm you know my biggest question i guess is why don't we know more about them Mm. what do they want what are they all about how do they live um and I've mm. always just been obsessed with that. <laughs> okay, so the so it, it's 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 sort of your magnus opus of mysteries. Like this is this is it for you. A- aliens are do or die. Like you want basically you believe in it. You just want the proof. Yes, yes. <laughs> you want you you want there to be the thing for everybody to point at and basically be able to say like, well, yep, there you go. Aliens exist. That's the one. Yep. Okay. No, that's interesting. I, I, I mean, I think that makes sense. Um, okay. Well, here's here's another follow up question. If you created your own mystery, if you had your own TikTok page, if you had your own podcast, and you decided to make your own mystery, what would it be? 
would it be about aliens would you would you make a, a fictional podcast about aliens or do you oh, think man. you would do like a weird tiktok thing about being abducted by aliens or i don't know man that that is a really good question so it's basically like a like fictional uh it could be fictional or you could take a real life experience and it, and and i guess make it into a mystery i guess I'm I'm dwelling more into the creative side of your mind of of if if it was like okay Mitch today um, I need you to come up with uh, what we're going to do on this TikTok account um, we're gonna make a elaborate mystery to confuddle the internet with where would you start how would you even begin this task given to you (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea because i'm not as creative as the types of people that are making the the good shit oh man what would you want the outcome to be like okay so here's kind of what i'm trying to get at Mm -hmm. if you write a mystery would your goal for be to people to solve it or would it be for people to continually question it I think here's where I'm different. I think I would want people to solve it mostly just because um, I am also a sucker for stories that have just like a crazy twist ending that you never see coming. Um, I think something like, and and then my my favorite stories are the ones that have some sort of callback to, oh, this, you know, if we looked, if we just noticed this tiny thing in the beginning, we would have seen the bigger picture. Um, And all of my favorite movies are like that. Um, And and I think that's the best kind of form of storytelling. Um, I think, you know, just off the top of my head, if of the best stories out there. Um, Breaking Bad had just a phenomenal um, ending and all that. Um, and as cool as it would be to have something that people will kind of question and talk about on a podcast like this, um, I want. I just there's just something in me that wants to finish the story for myself. Uh, yeah wholeheartedly (laughs) and and that's why that's why i'm asking these very random series of questions after that because to me i personally feel that's how we distinguish maybe some truth for from some fiction Mm -hmm. so like aliens kind of seems like this unanswerable question that we'll never get an answer to Mm -hmm. in a weird way that kind of makes it feel real yeah right because inherently we have this desire to solve the mystery and i think sometimes the things in life like that we can't solve makes me feel like there could be some credence to it you know what i mean like the jfk assassination like we're told what happened but like people then question it for the 60 plus years after Mm kind of makes me wonder it's like i i mean i feel like we don't know what happened right Mm -hmm. you know the moon landing is shrouded in that it's just there's a lot of these things and and even and even 9-11 like i don't know it's just it kind of makes me wonder we have this innate desire to solve the mystery and then we have things in human history that we cannot solve that makes me kind of lend some credence to that mm-hmm. there's there's something else at play mm-hmm. because if it was man-made we would want to solve it right mm-hmm. you know what i mean i yeah. feel like we would build we would inherently instinctually b- build in that ending 
Mm-hmm. My favorite story ending, and the reason I brought up like Breaking Bad, is that they finished the story, but you may not like the ending. Um, and I think what what oh, draw me, what drew me so much to that is that's an accurate depiction of life. Like he dies in the end. That that sums up life. Like that it, it it's it's brutal and it's raw. It it does it's not a happy ending, which I think it was an even better idea to kind of leave it at that. Um, and just uh, yeah, man, that's I'm kind of going on a drunken whiskey tangent right now. But no, I'm in. We're about <laughs> life, to sidebar into a Breaking Bad. So I, so I'm going to ask you a question about Breaking Bad. When when at the end when Walter died. Were we witnessing the death of Walter White, or were we witnessing the death of Heisenberg, or were there ever hmm. two? Because I have a thought a on that. That is a good question, um, man. I mean, because he kind of went back and forth. Like sometimes he right. was Walter White, but sometimes he was Heisenberg, and they're two kind of coalesced. Sometimes that you he was supposed to be, you know, when he was around his family and stuff. Like that scene when he was one of my favorite scenes in that whole series when he was with Skyler, and he great show quote, uh, "I am the one who knocks." Like yeah. he just like gets real fucking dark on her out of nowhere. I I love that. So maybe maybe he was kind of becoming Heisenberg. But but you find them to be separate. I guess. Okay. I don't, I haven't decided. You you I'm sure you have a much better answer. Well, I, really well, I don't know it. about that. Just just my opinion though would be that I think that when you watch the the thing that Breaking Bad did as a show that was so impressive is that from the start to the end of that arc, what you saw was everything in between. You saw Walter before the events of breaking bad before skyler before all that what i see is heisenberg you remember the scene with the chalkboard with um oh yeah 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 when they're talking about where they're breaking down like what humans are actually made of yeah to me i saw a lot of heisenberg in that that was not walter white to me that was Mm. heisenberg so i think that this construction of heisenberg is only there to facilitate who walter actually wants to be it's it's the superman analogy Mm -hmm. so who is superman superman is really superman clark kent is his persona to fit Mm -hmm. into the world in my opinion it's the same with walter white walter white his day-to-day is just his persona to fit he's he's conforming to the social Mm. norms he's conforming to what you should be as a person heisenberg is the thing wanting to get out that's truly who who he is he has moral conundrums about it but in the end he's a psychopath and he was much happier being a psychopath than he was with his family. So that's where you get at the end. It's just like in the end, in, in the final season where he tells Skylar that, like, I did it for myself. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I, I had a motivation in the beginning, but it turned selfish very quickly. And I think that shows it. I think that there is a there was an underlying psycho, and, and that's kind of how psychopaths work sometimes. Is they have a Clark Kent to go out into the world with and pretend to you know fit in and assimilate to human society but there's always that that thing underneath Mm -hmm. and to me whether it was an intentional or not you see heisenberg pop up before it's really a thing Mm -hmm. and that's that's yeah that's that's my take on walter white now my take on walter white is that walter white is just that he's just walter white 
he's not really who that person is mm-hmm. um he's he's assimilated but deep down because as bad as your life can go mitch are you going to be out in a trailer making meth and then shooting people and fucking running a, a drug, you know, are you going to be a kingpin of a drug ring? Like, I don't think that jump is like, I don't believe in the one bad day thing, right? Yeah, anymore. True, right. Like, I don't think you just, you're one bad day, one bad day from going crazy. I, I just don't believe that anymore really because mm-hmm. you can't because one bad day does not equate to you being a psychopath right right there's something else there mm-hmm. you have a you have the ability the propensity the capacity to cold-blooded murder people <laughs> that didn't start yesterday right right <laughs> so that's kind of how i view walter white yeah, that's dope. I, I have a question that I think you might have that might have inspired this topic for the day. Um, a couple weeks ago, I think I, I might have been the music. I don't remember what episode it was, but we were talking about the how humans are drawn to like storytelling. Did that have any impact on like your topic for the day? Because I kind of want to just ask you point blank, like, what is your take on the question? Why are human? Why do humans need stories or entertainment? wholeheartedly because yeah that did because i think i think we even said maybe in that episode like it'd be cool to just like talk about stories so this was kind of a start of that of like oh cool good yeah yeah so totally um i've thought about this question and i think i have an answer in human history before we wrote things down we had an oral history. We told mm-hmm. things through story, through song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we used music to help us remember the stories. You know what I mean? Stories are a little bit mm-hmm. easier to remember when they're set to a tune. Um, and we did that. Like Beowulf, for example. Mm-hmm. Beowulf was, is sung. So people sing Beowulf. They don't hmm. just, you know, now we sit there and read it, but like Beowulf was passed on continually as a song, which is fucking insane. I mean, you know, the the, the Pink Floyd of the medieval era is the Beowulf. Um, <laughs> I think that because of that evolutionary, we have a built-in desire to hear a good story. And I think that it started from the dawn of time. I think that people started to look upon the world, have a very limited understanding of how any process of reality worked, and they created things. We have mm-hmm. the Amuna Elish, the the Babylonian creation stories. I mean, we have many creation stories that predate the Bible. And I think that's all there because it was people looking upon the world and trying to gain some sort of higher understanding. Mm -hmm. And they told it as a story. Yeah, yeah. So I think there is just a natural ingrained part of our DNA that has evolved over time that now, since in modern society, stories can be fun. Stories are entertainment now, whereas in the day they served a purpose. Mm-hmm. So in in history they served a purpose. They were story. They were stories. They were warnings. They were lessons. They were guidelines. Mm-hmm. That's why that's there. So it's so ingrained in our DNA that you know in our day and day life we don't have to have stories, right? We we could go to work, come home. We we don't have to have stories, but we do because that's how we communicated and and passed on history to each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think evolutionary now there's a thing in our brain that we crave. 
we crave storytelling. Yeah, well, I also think that entertainment was also always kind of one of the points behind it, not just you know passing along lessons and guidelines. Um, like I, yeah. I, I, I just like to imagine like a bunch of cavemen sitting around waiting for some food to come their way and then just like tr- to pass the time like oh hey uh you ever, you ever hear the story about the ogre um and then just like tell a story as they would a joke and like that's kind of where jokes kind of came from as well like oh we gotta uh might as well just uh, rather than sit here in silence let me regale you everyone like yeah. people love hearing stories <laughs> an, an ogre and a mammoth walk into a bar <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Finish um, it. Finish it. I'm gonna have a bigger <laughs> question that we're we can't even begin to get into. Okay. Did humans start out with imagination? So when humans evolved into our Neanderthal cousins and then turned into Homo sapiens, did 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 we have an imagination then? Was imagination a thing or was it cultivated over time as we were yeah. able to relax and turn off our brain from it, it? Is that the biggest difference between animals and humans? It's not yeah. actually a soul or anything. Is it just imagination? Mm-hmm. That reminds me of uh, one of my my favorite scenes that I've seen so far in Sopranos. Um, I've been obsessed with Sopranos. Sidebar, um, but there's <laughs> right. one there's one up the 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 show kind of revolves around him like seeing his therapist, um, and then at one point in his therapy sessions, he he says something like. You know, I just feel really weird about, you know, talk sitting around talking about the meaning of life and esoteric bullshit when there are people out there that, you know, are struggling to pay bills and struggling to survive. And his therapist basically says something to the extent of like, well, wouldn't you agree that once our basic human needs are met, we owe it to ourselves to meet other needs, emotional, um, mental, um, I, I don't know. I just kind of thought of that quote mm-hmm. because you you said like you know. <sighs> so no no you're I, I'm totally with you here. You meet those basic survival human needs. Mm-hmm. You you meet those you know food safety shelter, and then then what? Right. Then what? What do you do? And yeah, that I think is the reason why poets and artists and musicians exist is because there's unanswerables past that. Um. The harder question and the question that always keeps me up at night is where do those come from though? Mm-hmm. Why is why are those there? What what element of us desire the like 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 that's a good way to put these esoteric questions, these grander things like why 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 do people make art? Really, it serves no actual function. Mm-hmm. But we have to. Yeah. Every every era of human society has had some sort of art in it. And it blows my mind because it's just like, I don't think there's anybody who's like, oh, well, this is fucking why. Like, nobody knows that answer. So it's just, it just, it just blows my mind as to why we, why we must intrinsically create, entertain, tell stories, use our imaginations. Mm -hmm. And I guess my question would be, where do imaginations come from? Hmm. I think, I think it... (sighs) I, I think it might be ingrained in us um, because once we're in our civilization, modern day civilization, we don't have to worry about food, water. Um, for the most part, it's pretty easy to come by. Um, but I think another built-in kind of 
human response is the fear of, and this is going to be really weird, the fear of death. Um, and I think mm. a lot of one of the legacy. It, if a legacy, yeah, exactly. You know, the, the the feeling of I want people to remember me after I'm gone because I have a good hundred years on this planet, um, tops, uh, and I want I I don't want that to be it. I want you know children to tell my stories. Um, I want people to listen to my music. You know, I I want people to consume my art, and that will allow me to Live stay. On. Alive, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, no, no, that's interesting. No, that's a really that's honestly a pretty solid answer to that question. I'm I'm gonna give my answer, so okay. I, I I have a, a slightly different answer. I think that imagination is born from problem solving. Problem Ooh. solving or critical thinking is there needed to survive mm-hmm. and to you know like I hungry, I need food. Woolly mammoth big. I kill mammoth. How <laughs> yeah. I kill mammoth. Basic problem solving, right? Mm-hmm. I think that existed out of, the, out of a survival instinct. Mm-hmm. And over time, as people got better and better at that, that problem solving, that critical thinking then turned into imagination. Imagining yeah. how can I creatively and most efficiently kill this woolly mammoth. Right, yeah. Somehow, That's a really good point. Yeah. Somehow turned into then the, the I, I mean, visualizing something outside of your own mind, mm-hmm. I think we take for granted as to how fucking insane that really thought is. Like, right. I'm envisioning, you know, uh, professional sports athletes, that's one thing they work on, visualizing the wind visualizing what they need to do visualize mm-hmm. the bat swing the home run that kind of thing um yeah. somebody somebody had to imagine a bow and arrow before it could be built exactly <laughs> they didn't just like instinctually like oh it, <laughs> fred what are you doing i don't know but <laughs> i think it's gonna help like no they they had something in their they they visualized something that existed mm-hmm. and then they created it and I think that is born out of problem solving, and then so, and then as it continued, you know, down the line, then it just turned into imagination. Yeah. And I and I think that we would still call. I mean, there's a reason that like Steve Jobs is so revered, and I through watching multiple biopics of Steve Jobs, <laughs> I as much as I have shit on Apple in the past, I have this weird <laughs> obsession with Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he was a big picture guy he did not Mm -hmm. sit there and say this is how you need to build this machine he said it needs to do this Mm -hmm. you guys figure it out and if you don't figure it out then we'll all go home and just go to bed because we're 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 not accomplishing anything and i Mm -hmm. do have respect for that um but he was able to visualize something outside of his head and pushed it to be and i Mm -hmm. find that very like how kind of like humanity works like Mm -hmm. well i have a lot of trees i gotta get trees all the way over there i don't know i was thinking kind of like a lot of rails here and like a big thing that's like chugga 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 (laughs) we just put the trees on that thing and i just shovel coal into its butt (laughs) and it just goes 
right? Like, so right. I just, I think that problem solving turned into imagination, basically, yeah. is, is what well, I'm trying to say. Another thing about Steve analogies. Jobs is if we're talking about storytelling, he was also a really good storyteller. Um, he had a big hand in all of the Apple's like marketing. Um, yeah, he did. A lot, of, a lot of those commercials and stuff were basically like either his idea or, you know, everything had to go through him. I, I was actually listening to a podcast with Justin Long, who used to be the, hi, I'm a Mac guy. Yeah, um, yeah. And he was actually talking about his experience working on that commercial, and he said it was so brilliant because um, at the time of these like commercials were airing, it was like you know late '90s, early 2000s, um, when uh, the kind of the pop culture thing to do was bright colors and you know show people have fun, like just kind of like gaudy kind of stuff, which makes sense. If you go back and watch a Pepsi commercial from the '90s, you'd be like, oh, that's definitely from the '90s. Steve Jobs wanted to set. Apple apart by making it timeless. So let's not, you know, it's it's kind of so vague. Like one of the reasons they had the white, plain white background, and it was just because the less is more kind of thing. Um, and uh, he he had a big hand in that. He was just a great storyteller. He knew that the reason he called it Apple is because of Adam and Eve. Like, oh, what's the most basic name we could call this company? Uh, how about the first fruit that people know of? Apples. There you go. We'll call it that. <laughs> mm. I don't think anybody actually knows why it's called Apple. I've I've heard it retold a thousand different times. Oh, I guess I I guess I don't know. I I don't have that on a good authority, but I just figured it was because uh, it was like the most basic thing you could think of. <laughs> um, there's so there's two schools of thought on Steve Jobs, and I relate it back to the biopics. There is the Ashton Kutcher Steve Jobs <laughs> biopic, which mm-hmm. paints him in a little bit of a better light. Then there is the other guy, the Michael Fassbender mm. biopic. Kind of two schools of thought. So basically, the Ashton, the Ashton Kutcher one really plays up his hippiness, and it plays up what he was doing. Like he he never fit in. He was always an out, uh, you know, an outcast. And and he did like answer for things that he did wrong in that movie, but not the mm-hmm. same. The Michael Fassbender biopic is the one where he has that blowout where Seth Rogen plays Steve Wozniak. It's that it's it's mm-hmm. it's they you know, they actually show them having the blowout. It, it shows him abandoning his daughter at an early age and mm-hmm. basically paying people to keep her away from him. Um, one highlights the negative aspects of his personality as a human. The other kind of plays up the oh, well, this is what made him a genius. So it's really hard. But you see creatively what happens during the time of him at apple and in the ashton kutcher one one of the last scenes is him as steve jobs reading like the the here's two commercial where steve Jobs actually reads that that Mm -hmm. ad um and it makes sense and it fits in the context of the film but then if you would if that were to happen in the mike michael fassbender film it would be like kind of shitty because it's like well, yeah. you've kind of been a shitty guy <laughs> for the past two fucking hours <laughs> right like you're not a rebel you're a fucking narcissist yeah and yeah. and it's really hard but um well now we're just talking about steve jobs i don't <laughs> right. i don't know where we ended up here honestly um honestly i don't know either okay well in that case we either answered nothing or everything i'm still unclear <laughs> Yeah, that was. I feel like we did just like barely scratch the surface of that. That I, I I would love to go 
more, but I don't have it in me. Yeah. Well, you know what would be kind of interesting if, if, if we had a follow-up episode? We've never done yeah. that. We've never had a topic where we were like, you know what? We're not getting it done. Here's part two. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this is one we could do part two. I don't know. That'd be cool. Yeah. We haven't done that yet. We only have like 15 or 14 of these left, <laughs> so we got to really choose wisely about what yep. we actually talk about now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Mitch, let's... Uh, Let's quit the Balkan. Let's get walking. What you been listening to lately? Oh, all right. That was a stretch. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. They, they've all been stretches. None of them have pertained. Uh, okay. I have been going down the Cage the Elephant rabbit hole. Um, mm-hmm. I've always kind of liked Cage the Elephant, but I... I, I wouldn't. I never would have considered them like one of my favorite bands. Um, they're definitely starting to get there. They're starting to to crack my my top bands, um, and uh, mostly of that. Mostly because um, so the other night um, I was watching a uh, one of their live videos. Um, and I will admit I was under the influence, but I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch a few minutes of this like live video. See, you know, see what it does. I watched the entire thing. I right. watched an hour long concert, um, because it was just so, they put on such a good show, man. Um, and, uh, the, the way I kind of frame it is, um, you know, they, they kind of started out and Tanner and I talked about this a little bit too, cause he loves KG elephant. Um, they have a really cool trajectory of music. Like their first album was just kind of like a fun pop indie album. Um, that had some really good songs on it. Um, as they went on, they started to get into this kind of like psych territory and introducing like weird instruments and kind of sad songs and slow songs. And, um, I think honestly, I would like all of their albums. Um, but uh, as they go on, I like that they're kind of not afraid to change. Um, I like bands that can do that in a in a way that is still true to themselves. Um, and they're one of the bands that do it the best. And just like watch one of their like live concerts, and I promise you, it will be a show. Um, I have not seen anyone that's so entertaining like he has some real like freddie mercury vibes because he definitely puts on a show he there are times when it's sad and he's like you know it's really emotional for him and then there are times when it's just fun and he does a great job of both and uh another like weird thing he does is almost all of his shows he'll start out fully clothed and by the end of it he's just in his underwear which is kind of a weird thing they do but he gets into it so hard man um i would check out their album social cues it's actually one of their newest ones um that is really big on the psych and i and i dig it Yeah, I Cage the Elephant is a band that um, I actually, oh man, I hope I still have it. I'm worried I don't. I had a live CD of them playing at, I believe, the record store Grimey's. Oh, yeah, yeah. And only like one, and it was only, they only printed like 4,000 of them. It's like a weird oh, bootleg. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I hope I could track it down because I, I bought that for a reason. Actually, and that, and that, actually, that little live cut they did was one of the reasons I got into them. Mm-hmm. So they I have a couple of videos from that show. Like oh, it's, really? it's called like yeah. There's uh if you like, if you just like go to YouTube and search for like Cage the Elephant live, a bunch of them will be like live from. I think they're called live from the basement at Grimey's in mm. Nashville. Okay. Um, but yeah, never yeah. have I heard a band. Never have I ever heard a band change so mm-hmm. much, but in in an interesting way. 
I find it Beatles-esque. I really do. Ooh, yeah. I, I really do. They they started out like, and I think they're, I mean, I still love their first album. It's still one mm-hmm. of my favorites because it's, I find it to be a, a continuation of grunge. Just a little bit more updated. Mm-hmm. But then after that, yeah, man, they just kept every album had something more complex and more profound. Highly impressed with that ability to do that because it's very easy to be complacent. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, the last time we made work, let's do that again. And I, I don't think they ever did that. Their second album, while it sounded closer to their first album than probably their third, that second album, though, already was doing a lot different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, I've always loved KG Elephant. I I've, I actually have never deep dive into their catalog, but I do want to. Yeah, man. And I, and I think they weren't one of my favorites until I realized how good they are live. That kind of makes yeah, it they are like it makes it really come together. Um, they were doing this like really weird. One of the things they do just a nerd about guitar for a second. Um, the very first song, the dude came out with like a 12 string like Dan Electro guitar, um, mm-hmm. which first off, not a very good guitar. Second of all, 12 string like, OK, that's pretty, pretty niche. Um he ended up playing that 12-string guitar the entire set. That's awesome. I was blown away. I was like, okay, he's going to switch guitars here eventually. Nope. The entire concert, he used a 12-string. Like, nobody does that. No, no. Nobody <laughs> nobody plays a 12-string on more than a couple songs. Exactly. <laughs> so that's insane. Um. All right. No, totally awesome. Yeah, definitely KJ Elephant. While popular, still, I think they're still underrated from time to time. I think very underrated yeah, yeah. Um, so all right that's i'm done with that what about you <laughs> no yeah um i so mitch you know we've been talking about it i'm in the market for an electronic drum set i have been mm-hmm. googling youtubing looking into electronic drum sets and i came across this guy who had a review of the drum set that we talked about and uh he was he, he had videos of him playing on it and talking about it and i was his, his video basically made me want to buy it because okay. I'm like, oh, no, this is perfect. This is a beginner to immediate um, electronic drum set. It's not like a $7,000 one, but mm-hmm. here's what it does. And I'm like, perfect. That's what I need it to do. Um, but he said, oh, I'm in a band called Demonic Sweaters. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, go on. <laughs> yes. And he's I'm like, here's, here's Spotify. Here's SoundCloud. Here's some of the stuff I did. I'm going to be honest. I listened to like two songs, <laughs> but check out Demonic Sweaters because it's fucking rad. It's like psychedelic okay. funk groove shit. Okay. Kind of sounds like if Death Grips had a rhythm. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. It's trippy, man. <laughs> I just like, I listened to his song and he was grooving and you could hear it. And I was like, oh, okay, first off, you're a great drummer. Second mm-hmm. off, like that drum set sounds fire. And I'm into this. I fuck with this. And it's cool. And also, he's, like, smaller, more independent. He, I think basically what he said was, like, well, yeah, just during quarantine, I just put out a, uh, an EP that I think he incorporated Sandra Bullock into. Like, that was the name of it or something. What? <laughs> yeah, I needed to do a little bit more research on this. But I was just like, okay, that's kind of fucking weird yeah. and dope. But, yeah, I don't know. Demonic Sweaters, check it out. It's groovy, weird electronic shit. But I was into it. Yeah, absolutely, man. It kind of sounded like he would write something kind of cool and interesting, but then he would sit down and play drums. I don't know if he's primarily a drummer, is wanting to highlight his drummer skill, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of like if you listen to like a... It's kind of like if you listen to a Daft Punk song, 
but like it's not a drum machine mm-hmm. it's a dude who will actually play fills okay yeah it's kind of like lcd sound system with a drummer who's changing it up okay that's how i would equate it cool. i don't know it's weird it's interesting check it out i i had a ball i was li- I, like i said i didn't listen to every song you put out but i listened to a few and i was like this is funky and fucking rad i mean you got me demonic sweaters awesome sander bullock awesome yeah let's, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm fully invested in this guy i mean that's kind of how it went for me and i was like cool i'm yeah. talking about him on the podcast <laughs> um right on all right guys thanks for sticking with it on this one uh <laughs> um till next time uh may your cheese bags carry the freshness of a thousand suns Thank <laughs> you.